If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Good afternoon and welcome to Empowering Family Caregiver Show on Block Talk Radio. I'm Meghna Giridhar, your host for today's show, sponsored by eCareDiaries.com. September is National Traumatic Brain Injury Awareness Month, and today we will talk about how music and diet can aid recovery from the condition. Our guest today is Dr. Diane Stoller, a neuropsychologist, board-certified health psychologist, and brain injury survivor. She has over 35 years of experience specializing in brain rehab using the latest cutting-edge technology to help brain injury and brain trauma survivors regain control of their lives and become thrivers. Dr. Stoller, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. What an honor for us. Thank you, and it's a very unique experience. I've never done a show from being stuck in traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome. We're we're happy to have you in any which way, so thank you once again. Thank you. Can you hear me clearly? Yes, your voice is very clear, and I just want to dive in and... um, begin this show. We've had so many questions about this topic. I think we're kind of covering this after a very long gap. Um, And our listeners are very excited about the questions that we're going to discuss. Um, I want to begin by exploring the role of music uh, when it comes to someone who's suffered traumatic brain injury awareness. Until you sent the question, actually, I I wasn't even aware that, um, you know, music could play a crucial role. Can you shed some light on this? Absolutely, and we were just talking about this today, is that we have two hemispheres. We have a, le- uh, a left he- and a right hemisphere, but for some people, uh, the, the functions of those two hemispheres can be reversed. So one hemisphere is a linear brain. That is your speech. That is your math. That is your reading. And is, uh, it's when you think of something, you know, sequential and anything. So that's your linear brain. And for most people, uh, and then you have your nonlinear brain. The nonlinear brain is your music, your feelings, your emotions. And for most people who are right-handed, is the linear brain is on the left. And if uh, and people who are uh, who write with their left hand, but they hook their hand when they're writing, it's still on the left. And then you have your right uh, left-handed people who do not hook. And their linear brain is on the right. So because most of us will say, oh, I'm using my you know my left brain but is that the linear brain can be on either side, depending on how, which handedness you are. So for most people, the right-handed is your linear brains on the left. And so what happens when people have had a stroke, a traumatic brain injury, and they have speech, it's usually affecting that left hemisphere. What people don't realize is that, and I've worked with stutters, and if uh, there was a um, the stutter many, many years ago, Mel Tillis, and... Um, he um, he would uh, stutter, but he he could sing perfectly. Well, what they have found over the years that people who've had brain injuries, whether from traumatic brain injury, strokes, or forms of dementia, if you sing, 
they will be able to sing. They can remember lyrics from years ago. So if you know someone who's having problems speaking or they're having a hard time remembering, all you have to do is you can sing saying, Hello today, how are you? We're going to have a show at 10 o'clock. Wow, wonderful. I had no idea. This is this is fascinating. Um, I, I had another question about, you know, we were discussing about how someone who has brain injury could be suffering from symptoms from some other condition, for example, grief or depression. How do you kind of... Um, how I, my question is, how do you know what it is and how do you kind of tackle, do you, do you work on those conditions together and try to tackle both of them at the same time when it comes to brain injury as well as someone who has maybe depression? How does that work and how does it kind of get together in the recovery, recovery process? You're absolutely spot on. What happens is there are symptoms and causes. And what happens is that people, if you have a runny nose, you, you know, you, you would think, it could, well, it could be from a bacterial infection. It can be from a virus. It can be from an allergy. And if it's from a, a virus, you're not going to give an antibiotic. And it's the same thing, too, is that you can have sadness or you, you're having memory problems. But the person who was at 9-11, who was standing there and seeing people jumping out of the windows they're having post-traumatic stress, and the body can only respond in a very limited way. Now, that would be PTSD. Now, now we're that same person standing there, and a piece of shrapnel from the building hits them on the head. Now they got a traumatic brain injury, plus they have PTSD. Now, mm-hmm. we're going to go one step further. Now that they're standing there at 9-11, and they're being traumatized, but and they got hit on the head, but they're also seeing their best friend falling out of that window, and they're now mm-hmm. in grief. And their body can only react in so many limited ways, and what has happened is if you've only been trained in PTSD, you don't understand that someone has had a concussion or someone's had a concussion. And in our society versus many other places in the world is that that grieving is really dismissed. They'll just say, oh, someone's depressed, give them an antidepressant. Well, if your friend has died at, at 9-11, that's not mm-hmm. a depression, a chemical. This is something that has to be really addressed, and, uh, and there's a whole group of people, including myself, that specialize in grief and bereavement. And on my website, I have a chart that actually shows all the symptoms and then whether it is applicable when it goes to uh, P, uh, PCS, post-concussion syndrome, does it go to a post-traumatic PT, uh, PTD, and, uh, or does it go to grief? And you will see that sleeping or irritability may go to one and not another. And it has to be a clinician who has an understanding and all these capacities. And then you treat the one that's most predominant. I mean, if you're not sleeping because you're grieving and the loss of your friend that doesn't necessarily do you need to go to a neurologist. You follow me? Mm-hmm. Yes, I understand. This is so, so like you're saying, you can you have to understand what, so I guess in, in a way it, it is kind of customized care when it comes to someone who suffers from brain injury, because you have to, I guess, go back and check 
situations like how old is he has he gone through he or she gone through any other traumatic experience and then you kind of pinpoint the most significant um, aspect of the condition is am i am i following you right and, and i'm going to go one step further and i'm going to make you laugh and your audience laugh <laughs> i also label all my patients by dogs because the little boy <laughs> came in that's right and he came in and he had a concussion and his symptom was anxiety but i said to him i said do you know what a chihuahua is and he says yeah i said i said do you know what a newfoundland is he said yeah and i said well the calm most anxious newfoundland is still calmer than the calmest chihuahua and i said you are an anxious <laughs> chihuahua and when i'm done you're not going to be anxious but you're still going to be a chihuahua <laughs> and you're absolutely right that's wonderful that's what I'm saying. One woman came in and I said to her, I said, you're Jack Russell. And she says, I got four of them at home. So it's, you have to customize not only what the trauma is, is it a, you know, a, a trauma, emotional trauma? Is it a physical trauma? And the, again, whether if, if it's an outside force, it is a traumatic brain injury. If it's a stroke, it's an internal, it's an acquired brain injury. But the brain doesn't know the difference. An injury is an injury. Mm-hmm. And, even, and and again, it's like the runny nose. The symptom is we don't have a whole, you know, whether you're sweating. Now, are you sweating because you're nervous or you're having uh, food poisoning or having a hot flash? The body has only mm-hmm. a limited way of showing symptoms. And so... It is very important for the clinician to know, is that person coming in from trauma or from the uh, concussion or from that they're grieving, and which is many times of grief is totally missed, especially, and I wrote a whole chapter about this, grieving the loss of self. If you're not the person you were before, and and all of a sudden I I turn my head and I can't remember who's the person I'm talking to, that's, that's a major loss. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's that's actually interesting that you said that because I've we've had many doctors on the show, but it always kind of goes towards this is the condition and this is what we do to cure it. But I, you know, this is interesting where you're saying that you have to kind of it's like a you have to look at every angle and then figure out what is what is the most crucial one. Um, how does, how does diet play a role in all all of this? You know, we've we've talked about music, we've talked about kind of isolating conditions and then figuring out which one is the dominant one. And then you also talk about the importance of diet. How does it does it help? Does it hinder the recovery? What 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 are your thoughts on those? Absolutely. What I have found out, and and I actually work with my patients. I and I say to people, excuse my language on national radio. But I ask people, have they ever seen someone shit-faced drunk? And they say, yes. And, I said, and, every, and someone who's been an, a, totally intoxicated has every single symptom of a, a person who has a traumatic brain injury. They have the slurred speech. They have the, the, the gait that's off. They, they see double vision. They have all these different, uh, the cognitive, they talk a lot. You know, they, they can't think. They can't find words. So what I've found over the years that certain foods that can be made into an alcohol can cause the same symptoms. So what I have people do is go on an elimination diet, and we eliminate some foods. And I'll give you an example. For example, sugar. Sugar can be made into rum. 
your brain does not register whether it is that it is registering as rum. Uh, rice is sake. White potatoes is vodka. Corn is whiskey. And oats, wheat, barley, and rye are beer. So I have people, and this is apple season. Apples can be made into hard cider. That's an alcohol. Mm-hmm. So what I have people do is go on, a, we, we have a whole list. Some of them I've already just mentioned. And that uh, they're not to eat for two weeks and look at their symptoms. And if then, then they see, they notice if, if their memory's better, their gait's better, their slurred speech. And then I say to them, take one food, have that apple. And if you can eat that apple and you don't see any symptoms, then go eat it. But is that if you eat that apple and you start to slur or you can't read or you can't remember the words, I said, that's a no-brainer. You don't eat it. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, foods uh, dramatically affect a brain injury. Are there any other foods that you would say actually help with the process? Oh, so to help the brain? Oh, absolutely. Number one, omega-3s. Those, you want to get your sockeye salmon, protein, 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 and water. Now, the protein has to be the omega-3s, not the omega-6s, which is or your beef and your pork. So chicken, mm-hmm. turkey, uh, uh, you, you can have uh, the sockeye salmon, sardines, wonderful. Uh, people who are not allergic to uh, peanuts, yes, peanuts, legumes, uh, is I, on my website. I, uh, I was trained uh, from a wonderful woman how to make um, – Northern uh, dal, so I got a recipe for dal on my, it's just wonderful. So I'm really into lentils, and so is okay. you can do all your berries. So p- protein is an anti-inflammatory, and what a brain injury is, is your brain is inflamed, it's been injured. And so eating those anti-inflammatory foods, absolutely. And as I said, we have wonderful recipes of all the anti-inflammatory foods on my website of drdiane.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I was just about to mention your website because it is filled with incredible resources and links to all kinds of tips and suggestions on how to kind of go about this. Um, This is an excellent resource for caregivers and also those who, if you've been diagnosed with the condition recently. Um, Thank you so much, Dr. Stoller. This has been fantastic. we, We would love for you to come back on the show to discuss some more aspects of this very, very soon. Um, and I would love to thank all of you for tuning in today. Absolutely. We have to dig in deeper with this, and um, we will definitely reach out to you soon. Thank you so much. My pleasure. To learn more about eCare Diary and our upcoming shows, visit our website, eCareDiary.com. Registration is free and gives you immediate access to your personal Care Diary tools. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter is ecare underscore diary. Thank you once again and have a wonderful rest of your day.